Hello, hello, hello. Uh, it is Mox Moscow Mitch Monday. We're your Mitch McConnell Retirement Committee. Thank you so much for joining us uh, on our live stream this evening. Uh, really exciting week in the campaign. Folks, we are just, uh, we're just 29 days until November 3rd. Uh, 29 days to go, less than a month to go before uh, we ditch Mitch uh, for good. They've got a very exciting show uh, to encourage us to make the most of those 29 days. We've got Mitch in the news. We've got Doug following Mitch's money, looking at poverty, voting, and Mitch in the First Amendment. Uh, we are joined again by the Reverend Clark Williams from the People's Campaign uh, over in our Campaigns Corner. And this week, our guest is State Representative Attica Scott. So we're thrilled to be welcoming her back. She was one of our very first guests before we really knew what we were doing. And um, uh, we've been wanting to have her back for quite a while because things have been very eventful for her since we last saw her. And we're going to hear about her kind of firsthand perspective about what's, you know, what's been happening uh, in Louisville with Daniel Cameron, that uh, amazing Mitch Minion and his ability to uh, you know, wreak havoc uh, and withhold justice uh, for the community in Louisville. Uh, we got updates on our campaigns to help ditch, on, uh, ditch Mitch on November 3rd, our 5K for KY campaign. Uh, and then our say, uh, see a senator or uh, save SCOTUS Saturday demonstrations. So uh, we have got a lot of plans. We've got a lot of work to do and we really do need your help to make them happen. Uh, so please do consider making a donation. We've got a goal of raising $500 a week to fund and fuel the efforts that we've got here online and, uh, and offline. And we're, we're falling short. So I don't wanna have to send all caps emails uh, you know, to you and say, oh, it's the end times. Uh, but no, we'd love it if you could help kick in a little bit. Uh, doesn't have to be a lot. You know, you don't have to max out in your contributions, uh, but you know, five bucks, 10 bucks, 50 bucks, 500 bucks, whatever you can do. Very helpful. Thank you very much. Uh, but we are making sure that you're taking action every day to defend our democracy from Moscow, Mitch. Uh, we're challenging you to do that uh, with these 29 days, 29 actions, everything we can do, uh, because that's the only way we win on November 3rd. So uh, anyway, introductions. Who, who have we got with us tonight? Our amazing co-hosts. Uh, and as we do every Moscow Mitch Monday, we want to hear what your protest sign says. You don't actually have to have a sign. You have to like, you know, show me anything in Sharpie. But if you've got a sign, put it in the comments. I want to see what you're, you know, what's firing you up today. What's this uh, digital demonstration mean to you today? So again, I'm Aaron. Uh, I'm coming to you from Childsburg, a deed-restricted community in Lexington. Uh, I'm very excited about Childsburg because uh, according to our HOA rules, I could put up my yard sign two days ago. So my one month out from the election is when I can legally put up my yard sign in my HOA. So I've got a few yard signs up there. But if I was going to hold a sign today, my sign would say, save your health care, ditch Mitch. That's me. Uh, hey, how about Kimberly? Kimberly, you're muted. Kimberly, there you are. <laughs> it's not a Moscow Mitch Monday unless Kimberly's uh, not on mute. What does that mean? <laughs> um, I bring the excitement, you know. So I uh, just want to say that I represent Louisville, Kentucky. We're also a state representative, Attica Scott, resides. So, you know. Black girl magic. And also, I just got this. It just came in. It just got here. 
Michelle Obama's necklace. I ordered it in sterling silver. I'm going to wear it every day. And this is my sign. Vote, vote, vote. Fantastic. That is so great. Uh, good evening, Kimberly. Thanks so much for joining us. And now, heading to Frankfurt. What's up, Nate? Hey, Aaron. Hey, Kimberly. And hey, loyal listeners, uh, watchers, viewers. I guess we're both audio and visual. Uh, this is Nate Orshan broadcasting live from Kids in My Lovely Home here in uh, South Frankfurt, Kentucky. And uh, I have significant necklace envy, Kimberly. Significant. I know. But. Somehow I'll get through it. <laughs> and, uh, oh, my sign. So if I had a sign, here's what it would say. It would say, millionaires for Mitch and taxes on the rest of y'all who aren't righteous enough to be rich like us. <laughs> I'm, always, I'm always skeptical of whether or not Nate's signs would actually fit on a standard poster board. Uh, but I do, I do like that message. <laughs> wordy but it's it's nice uh all right uh so mitch in the news let's cover what uh what's been happening with mitch in the news because he's you know he's always in the news most important you know republican senator in washington dc the media does cover him uh and i think we got big news coming our way from kimberly yes um last week remember we discussed the new uh SCOTUS nominee, which is Judge Amy Coney Barrett, uh, Mitch drops everything, and I mean everything, to put her on track to hearings, and that is what we don't want. And ultimately, confirmation before January, which is so unfair. Uh, No matter what happens in this election, the turnout, no matter what, okay? When the White House announced this judge, they created a super spreader event. It is true. Most of the coronaviruses are definitely coming from that Rose Garden uh, super spreader event. Um, The event was a Corona's hotspot. And now Trump, Melania, Senator Mike Lee, Kellyanne Conway, uh, Senator Ron Johnson, Senator Tom Tillis, former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, And also today, White House press secretary also has the coronavirus. All of them were there at the super spreader event. The karma is significant here. Now, there is a question, okay, of whether Mitch McConnell will have the votes that he definitely needs to ram this Supreme Court nomination through. He's suspending floor votes while the coronavirus works its way through his caucus. But It is allowing committee work to continue. So the Judiciary Committee, chaired by the huge hypocrite, Lindsey Graham, you know, crying, whining, Lindsey Graham, like literally tears, Lindsey Graham. Uh, Can he hold the necessary hearing for Judge Amy Coney Barrett? I doubt it. I doubt it seriously. Have to wait and see. To you, Nate. Waiting and seeing, Kimberly. Waiting and seeing. Uh, Well, thanks very much. So uh, the title of of my Mitch in the News story should be, surprise, Kentucky's senior senator doesn't really care about Kentuckians. So uh, this one was inspired by a post from Business Insider's Joseph Zebayos Roig, published last Wednesday, September 30th, entitled, Mitch McConnell throws cold water on Democrats' $2.2 trillion stimulus plan, calling it outlandish and too high. Okay, so a week ago, Monday the 28th, the House Democrats revealed their latest attempt at coronavirus relief, a $2.2 trillion bill that has things like getting the expanded unemployment insurance payments extended, uh, small business money, and a second round of uh, $1,200 direct stimulus money per adult. And as big as the spending is, it's also, we should add, $1.2 trillion less than their previous bill the House had tried to send to the Senate back in May. So going down, but still doing a lot of good stuff. 
So meanwhile, what's going on over with the Republican side of Congress? There have been at least two other coronavirus bill relief bills presented by the GOP within the past couple of months. Um, the first one from Senate Republicans in late July had a $1 trillion economic stimulus plan, but not enough support from a lot of their own senators uh, who were leery of the amount of federal debt required. More on that notion in a moment. Then there was a second Republican proposal rolled out in September, but seeing as it had reduced its final price tag to $650 billion, Democrats were like, nah, -uh, we got to do better than that. The stakes for the country are too high. Yes, they are. So yes, here now comes the House Democratic Relief Bill, and there's no question that it calls for huge borrowing and spending. But I got to ask, is this bill really bigger than, the, than necessary in the face of our massive rolling catastrophe that is this coronavirus pandemic, not to mention in the face of the other massive rolling catastrophe, namely the Trump presidency's continuously and almost criminally botched handling of it. Well, if your name is Mitch McConnell, the answer is yes. As quoted in that Business Insider article, uh, quote, the latest bill from the Speaker Pelosi is no more serious than any of their political stunts going back months. If they continue to refuse to get serious, then American families will continue to hurt. Wait, 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 wait. What was this about political stunts and, and getting serious? I think Kentuckians are sick of political stunts, like the naked hypocrisy of rushing to vote on Amy Coney Barrett for the Supreme Court when Mitch did the opposite to Obama and candidate Merrick Garland four years ago. I think... Kentuckians are sick of political stunts, like the naked hypocrisy of postponing the Senate for two weeks, two weeks of no coronavirus relief legislation being passed, folks, two weeks, while at the same time not postponing the Amy Coney Barrett hearings. I think Kentuckians are sick of political stunts, like the naked hypocrisy of Mitch pretending he cares about the budget now, now, exactly the time when spending money on desperate Americans in need could help them, and also help the economy that they're spending powers. And then pretending that he didn't know better three years back when he pushed through the 2017 tax cut that itself caught the, cost the government $2.3 trillion. That's trillion with a T, according to the Treasury Department's analysis. So what can you say to the senator who has no problem racking up $2.3 trillion in federal debt when it saves his millionaire friends and big business almost that much in tax reduction? But then that senator balks at racking up the same amount of debt for a relief package to protect ordinary Kentuckians who are unemployed because of the pandemic or who are broke because of this brutal and pitiless economic system, or maybe, heaven forbid, who are going bankrupt because they can't afford the health care that they need right now in the middle of a health care crisis, the likes of which we haven't seen in 100 years. You say, Mitch McConnell, You've made it clear that you really don't care about ordinary Kentuckians and our families. So here's a political stunt for you. We're voting for Amy McGrath. For Moscow Mitch Monday, I'm Nate Orshan. Yeah, that's great. Thanks, Nate. Uh, so here we have, you know, what one more in a sea of examples of Mitch McConnell's stark hypocrisy. Just remember, Kentucky, unless you are a young conservative judge, Mitch does not care about you. Well, okay, maybe if you're also a multimillionaire and you can make $25,000 contributions to his PACs uh, or unlimited dark money contributions to his PACs, uh, you know, then, then he probably cares. Uh, but he really cares if you're a, a young conservative judge that he can you know, reshape the judiciary uh, with your views, your ridiculous views that will, in fact, strip away people's rights, workers' rights, the environmental protections we need, uh, of course, women's health care. So uh, an on and on, uh, Mitch reminds us again and again how horrible he is. Will Kentucky clue in? That's the real question mark. 29 days for Kentucky to wake up to the fact that Mitch McConnell does not care about you. All right. Uh, so my quick story. Uh, how about this for a new wrinkle? Misogynist Mitch. Uh, so Mitch, turns out, has not attended or not been at a debate uh, that has been moderated by a woman for 25 years, that's a while. Uh, and right now there's been a kind of back and forth about whether or not uh, he would allow a woman moderator uh, on the debates that we're trying to set up with uh, between Mitch and Amy. 
uh, and uh, we've finally got a debate, but uh, Mitch would not would not agree to a debate moderated by a woman. So he refused the KET debate uh, that uh, would have been moderated by the wonderful Renee Shaw. I'm a big fan of hers. He rejected WKYT's debate unless they dropped the female co-moderator. Uh, and uh, Mitch uh, is clearly afraid of women, strong women. Uh, he's going to have to let one strong woman on the stage with him because that's his you know, primary opponent. Uh, but otherwise, he's, he's not having any of it. Here's a statement from Lieutenant, Lieutenant Colonel McGrath. Um, when working with media organizations and Mitch McConnell's campaign to set up the debates in this race, I felt it was important to include moderators that reflected our electorate. Additionally, I felt it was important to give every candidate who qualifies a place on the debate stage. It's undemocratic to allow one candidate to dictate who gets to participate as Mitch McConnell has done. However, McConnell will not concede to debating with a female moderator or to including libertarian candidate Brad Barron, who by standard measures qualifies to participate. So uh, if you remember, initially Mitch had challenged Amy to Lincoln, a uh, Lincoln-Douglas debate, which would be no moderator. So that he would love that one because you know then only just one powerful woman on the stage. Amy said yes to that, but it turns out Mitch didn't really want it. It was just some sort of dramatic ploy, I suppose. Uh, but the fact that he doesn't want Brad Barron uh, on stage as well, the libertarian, that's because there's a lot of very conservative people who probably wouldn't vote for Amy McGrath, but could vote for a libertarian, uh, which of course would peel away support from Mitch McConnell, which is kind of as good as half a vote for Amy McGrath. Uh, so, you know, I, uh, he gets it. Uh, we get it. We've been pushing uh, on this and it's, you know, I look, I'm not a libertarian, but, <laughs> but anything that helps make it more likely that uh, Amy gets the you know highest vote count uh, on November 3rd is fantastic. So a uh, very quick point though, just to, you know, you can call me crazy. Like, Oh, there's no way that Mitch hates women. Uh, one more element to that story. He did not pay his respects to Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Uh, so she was lying in state, the first woman in history to lie in state at the U.S. Capitol. Uh, and not only is he rejecting her dying wish to be replaced by the new president, he couldn't even honor her while she lie in state. Uh, Mitch works at the U.S. Capitol. This is the, he did not have to, you know plan a big trip to do it. All he had to do was cruise by on his lunch break and, you know, make a showing of caring at all about this woman, uh, which of course he couldn't even do that. So that's, that's Mitch. That's what we got. And folks, that's Mitch in the news. Next on, uh, we're coming into Campaign's Corner. Very excited to have back with us Reverend Clark Williams with the People's Campaign uh, and talking a little bit about his, his campaign efforts. Uh, there are no more Mitch canvassing and some other wonderful ads. So uh, welcome, uh, Reverend Williams. Thanks for, <clears throat> thanks for having me back. Absolutely, absolutely. So the the people's campaign, really exciting, kind of good progressive voice, doing smart political advocacy and electoral advocacy uh, all across this Commonwealth. Uh, and uh, one thing that I wanted to highlight, uh, if you don't mind, uh, is your ads. You do some incredibly, I think, creative, smart ads. You're not doing it with a massive budget of like, you know, the McGrath campaign, uh, but you're doing it, uh, I think, really well. So I think we got one queued up that I want to show folks and then have you talk about it a little bit. Great. There's a Kentucky candidate for Senate who's obsessed with fighter planes, but it's not who you think. You see, in July, Mitch McConnell pushed a COVID-19 relief bill in the Senate. And buried in there was $686 million for F-35 fighter planes and $7 billion for weapons programs. But the bill provided nothing to aid the unemployed, nothing for food for hungry children, nothing to stop looming evictions, and nothing to stop the spread of the coronavirus. So even in this pandemic, Mitch doesn't even know where the fight is. <laughs> Kentucky, we can't survive another six years of Mitch. So for real COVID-19 relief, join the No More Mitch movement. So yeah, that's a great ad. Uh, tell us, no, what, what was your idea for that one? Where'd that one come from? Well, it, it really gets to the, I think, the theme uh, that we've been working through 
um, really uh, since the spring. And and Kimberly was in one of our ads too, the America We're Sorry ad that just kind of teed up, you know, that that Mitch is for Mitch, or really Mitch is for the rich because Mitch is for Mitch, and that he's the biggest hitch in moving Kentucky and America forward. So this speaks to that because here we are needing all of this COVID-19 relief. And, you know, of course, in this particular cycle, everyone is conditioned to thinking that fighter pallet, fighter planes associate that with uh, with Amy McGrath. But here we have Mitch McConnell trying to bury $686 million for fighter planes, a $7 billion weapons program, while into a COVID-19 relief bill. Uh, that then stalled because of all of this stuff that had nothing to do with with hurting Kentuckians and hurting Americans. And so we just thought it was important to kind of bring that out because it continues to just prove our theme, you know, that, that Mitch is for the rich because he's for himself. You know, he's that's bottom line. And that's why he's the holdup. He's the hitch and moving us forward. So um, so we were happy to get that one in the books this week. Yeah, powerful stuff. So th- that's one part of what you're doing, these kind of punchy, hard-hitting, smart ads. The other thing you're doing are, uh, you know, with uh, Laurent uh, Beasley, the targeted lit drops, right? So you're doing very specific strategy around a, a great mail, or not mailer, but a, a piece of literature uh, with that No More Mitch campaign uh, information, the, the talking points you just hit uh, very well. So tell us about a, the, a little bit about that strategy and what that looks like. Sure. So there are 755 um, precincts in Kentucky that, that represent Democratic strongholds based on voting history out of the 3,000 some odd precincts in the state. And so where we even concentrate even more so is in the 190 super stronghold areas. Um, and, and those are the places that vote in the Democratic at a 90% or higher clip. But the bluer precincts get in Kentucky, and like other places, the, uh, the lower the average turnout, the, the turnout had, tends to be compared to state average. So where we are is in those deep blue precincts and we're really trying to talk to and connect primarily with voters who aren't necessarily voting, but even in 16, they did not vote if, if they were voter age eligible and, and, and so forth at that time. And so we're really trying to concentrate on the voters that didn't vote in 2016 uh, as our number one priority in these areas where um, they're deep blue, but the turnout is low. An example would be, there's one precinct in West Louisville where there were 402 votes cast last year. Um, I believe it was in uh, Representative Meeks' district. And so there were 402 votes cast in the governor's race. And two of them were cast for someone other than Bevin and Bashir. And the other 400 were cast for Bashir. Bevin didn't get any votes in that precinct, but the turnout was about 13% below state average. So there were some more votes there that, that weren't brought out because, you know, those are individuals that should have been engaged, um, that haven't been gotten engaged and haven't been brought to the table in a lot of ways, just from the standpoint of even how they've been prioritized. And so we, we, those are the voters that we really try to reach. That's fantastic. And I think actually, so we did, um, the Mitch McConnell Retirement Committee actually partnered up uh, with you guys and did a lit drop last week. Nate, how did that go? What was the story there? Uh, I thought it went really well. I mean, I, there were, oh gosh, maybe seven or eight of us um, that were going to st- spread out around Frankfurt, you know, and as, as uh, uh, Reverend Williams says, uh, they, these were neighborhoods that um, uh, are democratic, but don't vote a lot. So they, they could use a little extra attention. So uh, I went off to the Centennial Drive and Landings Drive neighborhood, sort of uh, out kind of uh just east of uh kentucky state university go thoroughbreds um and uh, got to drop a literature and and i tell you i don't know folks who haven't done lit drops or haven't done campaigning you know it maybe it seems a little bit scary but for those of us who who've done it you know quite a bit it uh, it feels like coming home it feels like this great political activity and you know you're getting out there and you you go back and and look at the territory again. You're like, you see that thing that's hanging from that door? I did that. <laughs> you know, it just feels like a really kind of hands-on, literally a part of the political process. Um, so I, I thought it went as well as it could. I mean, we'll really know, I guess, November third. But uh, 
uh, you know, as uh, President Obama said, I'm fired up and ready to go. So uh, let's do more of those kinds of things. That's great. And yeah, how is it going, uh, Reverend Williams? How's the how's the initiative? It's going uh, extremely well. Um, so we have been to over 70. We've dropped over 70,000 pieces of literature in these targeted areas across the state, a good number of them being in Fayette and Jefferson, but certainly in Franklin County, Northern Kentucky and uh, other places. And so we're on track as it stands right now, we'll, we'll do well over 100,000 of these, probably somewhere between 110 and 100, maybe about 110 to 120,000 uh, pieces of literature dropped. And that is phenomenal when the heaviest part of that is being done by volunteers. We do have some, some staff uh, and we've ramped up with more staff. Uh, just about all of it, though, is part-time. And we've just had some phenomenal volunteers like Nate and others who have come out from you all's group. And it's just very impactful. We're reaching people that otherwise would not be getting reached personally. We are doing it, though, with social distancing and with masks. You know, we're not, we're not doing anything uh, to put anybody in any particular jeopardy or unnecessary jeopardy there. But we have to get the word out to folks. And when you flip the card over, as Nate can tell you, it has all the information about the dates and, and the windows to request a ballot and, and when it needs to be in, when it needs to be postmarked, uh, when the window will open for in-person voting. So just the stuff that people need in order to participate in democracy, because as we always say, as I always say, maybe I shouldn't put it on the people's campaign totally, you know, the best way to bring change is by electing people who agree with you. And so we've got to elect better people to office. Uh, amen, Hi. Reverend Williams. Amen. All right. So uh, we clearly need to do better here in Kentucky. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, really excited to say, I think we're actually going to do some more partnership with you guys, try to get more uh, of those flyers out into the, you know, the right hand so we can turn out more voters, but good luck in the next 29 days. I hope that your effort is successful because if you're successful, we're successful uh, and Kentucky will ultimately be far more successful. Absolutely. And thank you for having me. And good to see everybody. Thanks, Nate. Uh, good to see you, Kimberly. And certainly we're gonna be supporting Representative Scott as well with this Brianna's Law and, 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 and everything that she's doing. Fantastic. Uh, all right, well, have a great evening. So uh, our call to action tonight is to, to join us, right? So we have got a, a goal of making sure that we're turning out these 5,000 voters to the polls that otherwise would not have done it. We did a, actually a big push to do voter registration. We, you know, we, we reached out to more than 5,000 people to try to get new registered voters. Uh, and now we have a couple of other kind of facets to that. Uh, we are, um, looking to uh, partner with Empower, a kind of relational app to help build lists of uh, potential voters to make sure they get out and they've got a plan. Again, this is an election that's challenging, right? They're, it's new, uh, the process is a little bit different uh, and it's important that people, you know, contact their networks with the information they need, uh, whether that's information about how Mitch fails Kentucky, which we're all about, but then also about how actually to just get your vote in and to make sure that gets counted by November 3rd. So that's gonna be something we do with our uh, 5K for KY campaign. Also, we'll do some texting, some text to, uh, texting to voters to get them aware and, and, and turned out. Uh, and then we're also doing some kind of ongoing efforts with campaigns. So we need you. This only works uh, if we get a bigger group of people engaged behind the efforts. So there's a website there. You can uh, go to that uh, bit.ly link, bit.ly dot uh, dash slash rather uh, MMRC dash GOTV. Uh, so uh, sign up. We need you. We're going to put you to work. It's all going to be fun stuff. We're going to train you on how to do it. We're going to make you a democracy, a kick-ass democracy activist so we can get rid of Mitch on November 3rd. So who doesn't want to do that, right? Uh, and a really cool thing, we are actually going to be uh, doing a phone bank on Thursday. So progressives for Josh Hicks, uh, 5 to 7 uh, p.m. We're going to be calling, smiling and dialing. Uh, if we get a big enough turnout, I'm pretty sure that Josh Hicks will actually, you know, show up on our Zoom and give us a quick, you know, briefing uh, about his campaign. So that would be cool. But I don't think if it's just the faces you see on this show, 
that's not going to do it. We're going to need more people to sign up and help out. So Thursday night, uh, five to seven, clear your schedule, go to our Facebook page uh, and, uh, and RSVP. Uh, and then on Sunday, uh, if you got fired up by, you know, uh, Reverend Williams and the, the great campaign that he's uh, working on with the People's Campaign, that No More Mitch effort, uh, join us. So we're going to do that uh, Sunday afternoon. We've got a, a Facebook event up there uh, on the Facebook page. So join us there. So uh, lots of stuff happening, but it's only going to happen if you join us, right? <laughs> Again, so bigger, uh, bigger mobilization, more bodies means more democracy, means more of a chance that we can uh, get rid of Mitch. So uh, that's called action uh all right and then who coming up next is uh our fantastic weekly segment uh with doug price uh doing the research bringing us the facts and following mitch's money i would certainly be in favor of allowing states to use the bankruptcy route good evening tonight i want to talk about mitch and the first amendment the poverty level in kentucky and the voting level in kentucky a couple of months ago, I bought Mitch's autobiography, The Long Game. The cost was only $5.65, so perhaps I only contributed less than a buck to his net worth of over $40 million. One of his proudest achievements was to support and take advantage of the Citizens United legal challenge, which essentially determined that giving money to politicians was freedom of speech and protected under the First Amendment. Mitch writes about the First Amendment and how the Founding Fathers of the Constitution wrote the First Amendment because they believed that even with all of the excesses and offenses that freedom of speech would undoubtedly allow, truth and reason would triumph in the end. In another part of the book, he notes, to put it simply, enacting limits on what people can spend in an election ultimately limits the very discourse the First Amendment was designed to protect. Do you think the Founding Fathers would approve of his analysis? I do not. I think they would be repulsed by his interpretation. There is no question that Mitch has and continues to take advantage of the freedom of speech that allows money to come to him, but in my opinion, at the detriment of we the people. In an earlier segment, we established that in order to be able to meet with Mitch, you must be at a donor level of at least 25000 Mitch has always been against an increase in minimum wage because he supports big business, big pharma, and any other big whatever that can give him money. He listens to those who talk to him with money, but what about his constituents? The federal minimum wage is $7.25 an hour, and the federal poverty level computes to $6.13 an hour. How many years would it take for someone making the federal minimum wage to be able to save up enough money to talk to Mitch? Almost 800,000 people in Kentucky, 800,000, are classified at the poverty level. That is 18% of the Kentucky population. Mitch has been their senator for almost 36 years, but has he helped them? And oh, by the way, Guess how much Mitch makes an hour? $1,000. How can we cure this? We must vote. Check out our Facebook page or go to the Kentucky Secretary of State's website at sos.ky.gov. You will find information on how to register to vote and the various ways in which one can vote during this pandemic election. According to the State Board of Elections, as of August 23rd, there are 3.3 million registered voters in Kentucky. Also, it has been reported that as of January 2020, there were 3.4 million people registered to vote. The explanation seems to be that over 100,000 people were removed from the voter rolls due to several reasons. Might need more analysis on this one. According to my calculations, there are approximately 200,000 Kentuckians who are old enough to vote who are not registered to vote. This calculation does not consider the number of people who are old enough but ineligible to vote. The 2020 primary vote turnout was higher than usual at 29%. 71% of the registered voters did not vote. Come on, people. 
In August, there have been over 500,000 absentee ballots that have been requested. I believe this may be an indication of a record turnout in Kentucky for the general election. All this leads to my final thought. We have an opportunity. We, we the people, have an opportunity to affect change this year. We must register to vote. We must vote. And we must vote to ditch Mitch on November 3rd, 2020. This partisan impeachment will end today. President Putin was extremely strong and powerful. Proud boys, stand back and stand by. Oh, Doug Price. Uh, so, you know, anytime Mitch gets to like wrap up his political corruption in the First Amendment, <laughs> that's what you call a win win for Mitch McConnell, right? If he gets to have some like highfalutin legal idea that he can you know allow him to take boatloads you know just truckloads of cash uh for uh from his political um you know uh it's it's corruption it's legal it's legalized bribery it's corruption it's how mitch mcconnell does business uh and thank you so much for exposing uh a bit more of it uh, for us, uh, Doug Price. All right, uh, now I'm really very, very excited to welcome back to Moscow Mitch Monday, uh, Representative Attica Scott. And if you have not been watching us for the entire time we've been doing the show, you don't know, and because I don't think I've actually shared it on our Facebook page since the one time we did it. Uh, she was uh, one of our first guests. She was phenomenal, but we did not have the technical ability to let her phenomenalist shine because there was this crazy audio feedback and echo and it was horrible and we couldn't fix it and we didn't know what to do. Uh, so we decided to get a producer. Uh, so we never have to do that again. So now welcoming back and hopefully we can hear her clearly, uh, Representative Attica Scott. Thank you so much. I appreciate you, Aaron. And I am uh, glad to be back with you. And this time I think we'll be loud and clear for folks. It's been very eventful since we last saw you. Now you are, I don't know, a, are you a felon? Or what, what happened? You've been, you've Listen, gone through a lot of stuff. Things have gotten crazy. September tried to take me out with COVID and then the arrest, um, but I'm still here and I'm going to keep fighting for justice for Breonna Taylor. And I'm going to keep saying how disgusted I am with 45, that he would intentionally try to expose people to COVID-19 by going on a, a road trip to wave at his, what he calls his fans. Um, it's unacceptable. And we have so much more work to do to build the kind of democracy that we all deserve. Absolutely, so much work to do. But as we start this interview, I gotta ask you, what does your protest sign say today, Representative Scott? Mm, what does my protest sign say today? No justice, no peace. K-N-O-W. Fantastic. Yeah, we got work to do. And so um, I think actually the first question, I'm going to throw it to Kimberly, uh, because Kimberly has not been able to talk on the interview on the live stream for a little while. And I know if that happens for too long, it's going to get crazy. So I better give uh, Kimberly a chance to say a few words. Uh, you there, Kimberly? Yes, I am. Can you hear me fine? You know, I had some technical glitches over here. This is what makes life exciting, especially when you have a senator like McConnell still in office. You have to take your moments of laughter whenever you can. Hey, how you doing, uh, Representative Scott? How you doing tonight? I'm doing, I'm actually much better. I will say that. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I told them earlier before you got on the phone, I said it's Black Girl Magic on here tonight. That's right. So uh, my first question to you is you have definitely been a trailblazer here in this state of Kentucky as far as the rights to how we can wear our beautiful hair, um, giving us and making us feel more empowered as Black women here in Kentucky, making us um, 
know that we do have voices, that we can make a difference, that we can speak out no matter what anyone says about us. And you have been truly a shero to me. I saw you on uh, a particular program uh, that Queen Latifah actually produces. I didn't uh, hear much about that. And I happened to just run across it one night and I said, wait a minute, is that, is that? And it was. Tell me, how did it feel? I believe, was that on Showtime? Correct me if I'm wrong. Yes, so um, Queen Latifah has the Queen Collective. She produces um, Black women and women of color uh, documentaries, um, particularly of, of people who may be doing their first documentary to, to elevate them and give them the opportunity to be seen and heard. And so um, my daughter and I were in a documentary called Tangled Roots. And it was about uh, the, exactly what you referenced, the hair policy that I've been working on. I'm going to turn my volume down a little bit. I'm hearing a bit of an echo. Um, the hair policy that I worked on to ban discrimination based on natural hair. While the legislature decided not to even hear the bill in committee this past session, I will be back with it in January 2021. In fact, it's already been pre-filed. So Tangled Roots is a documentary that we were in about that bill produced by Queen Latifah. Uh, Samantha Knowles uh, out of New York um, was the documentarian, and it actually aired on BET first, and then about three months later was picked up by Showtime. So that's why you and other people are just now seeing it, because they may have missed it on BET, and then Showtime has been running it recently. So we actually need to make sure that more folks in Kentucky are aware of that documentary. I agree. I agree. I agree 100%. And just thank you so much. You were so humble because I would have had it everywhere on social media. Everybody would have known that I was on something with Queen Latifah and I was on BET and Showtime. So I commend you on being very humble about it. Thank right. you. Yeah, you couldn't have shut me up about it. <laughs> like, really, I would. I'd be all, I'd be like everybody would know, right? Right. It's totally true. Uh, all right, and our next question comes to uh, to you, Representative Scott, from Nate, who's currently on mute. So I want to just make sure that he knows to unmute before he asks his question. Thank you. I I did. I was I you know I was launching into my soliloquy right there, and then realized. Uh, so Representative Scott, first of all, you're my shero too, and welcome back. So delighted that you're able to join us. Um, so I, uh, I'm really interested in, in sort of, uh, it's almost like a unicorn. It's the kind of person who might still be on the fence, you know, about Mitch, sort of they're teetering. They're not really strongly for him, not really strongly against him. Seems like almost a mythical creature, but I'm wondering if you've ever come across a Kentucky voter like that and whether you thought it might be worth um, your time to try to persuade them uh, away from supporting Mitch. Mm, that's an amazing question, particularly to me as a black woman, because I get people who live where I live here in West Louisville or who have been out on the front lines for justice for Breonna Taylor, who um, are definitely clear that Mitch has to go, but they're also very clear that uh, Amy needs to chart a much stronger path toward um, racial justice. And so, you know, what I talk to people about is how can we work to get her along that path, along that journey? Um, for me, I'm, I'm very direct and honest and clear uh, about that. Like, I, you cannot um, arrest me and my child. You cannot for 130 days um, tear gas people and use militarized equipment against them and then expect us to support people who've basically been silent about that. And so um, what I say to people is let's push her to be the candidate that we can support. And I believe that's possible. We have a, less than a month away from election day and people have been doing that work of really stepping up and saying, this is what we're crying out for. This is what justice looks like for us, that we cannot keep having the foot of government and law enforcement on our necks. And uh, we need to know clearly um, how you're, you're different from McConnell. I'm clear about it. So when I talk to people, I'm very clear. There's, there are some clear differences. Um, I actually am not talking to anyone who is on the fence about 
thinking about voting for McConnell, to be honest with you. They just want to make sure that McGrath is um, centering our cries um, for justice. And so that's fair. Um, it's as it should be, because over and over again, Black people are asked um, to take one for the team and cast a vote for people who may not even ever mention us during their campaigns. And we've seen that right here in Kentucky. So, um, you know, we keep showing up, we keep casting our votes, but we're now at a point that I think everyone can agree that there are a lot more, um, especially young Black people who are speaking up and saying, uh, I don't have to give my vote away. You have to earn my vote. And I have to know that once you're in office, um, that my needs are going to be a part of your platform. So I believe that's where I am right now. I, 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 and, you know, I think part of it is, um, you know, I'm very clear that my energy has to be spent on um, seeking justice for people who are murdered by police. My energy has to be spent on people who right now are terrified that their utilities are going to be cut off by the Louisville Gas and Electric Company because they were laid off during COVID. Uh, my energy is not going to be spent trying to convince someone uh, of our humanity as Black and Latinx people. If I have to convince you that uh, we need someone in office, need the person out of office who has allowed children to be in cages or who has allowed families to be separated, then maybe we this isn't a time for us to have a conversation, have that with someone else. That's great. So it is, you know, it is tough, right? Because I think Amy is, you know, this is not her natural space right? This is not a place where she feels comfortable leading. She's very comfortable talking about, you know, foreign, uh, you know, security issues, national security issues. She's very comfortable, you know, she spent a bunch of time at the Pentagon as an attache to the State Department. So she's very excited, I think, about representing Kentucky on international affairs issues. Uh, but, you know, I, I think at least, and I've seen her and, you know, when we had uh, our, um, you know, all three candidates on for the primary, for the primary, you know, we asked her very point blank about what what's her stance on, you know, Black Lives Matter and on the movement that we were, see we were seeing at that time. And she was very clear that, you know, she knows she needs to learn more. She knows she, you know, she, she would, she wants to represent, you know, uh, these concerns in a way that's authentic and wants to learn more. I think, you know, so it is, I, it's, it's not comfortable for her, but I think she gets the, the need and obviously, you know, she's not going to be putting kids in cages and she, you know, she, she knows to listen to the right people. Whereas Mitch McConnell has, you know, very clearly said he will not even campaign ever uh, in, you know, the parts of Louisville that you represent Attica Scott. You know, he doesn't even see those folks as his constituents, you know, so this, the choice is clear, right? But uh, speaking of Mitch McConnell, obviously your, your sights have been set, I think, very much so on one of his, you know, most heinous min minions, heinous, uh, yeah. Uh, so I was shocked a couple of nights ago, I was watching, you know, Saturday Night Live and uh, not expecting to be hit with Kentucky politics at any level. And in the middle of Megan Thee Stallion's you know, performance, uh, a very powerful moment calling on uh, you know, uh, Dan Cameron to, you know, to just knock it off and to bring some justice. What, uh, what's the, what is the latest right now on this mess and the, you know, what this uh, Mitch Minion is up to in Louisville? Well, you know, I, I hope that folks have heard that there's a second grand juror who wants to come public. Um, and that's huge. In the history of the United States, we have not had a grand juror who has said, I want to be able to become public um, with these proceedings. And now we have two, two who want to be public um, because Daniel Cameron uh, failed so miserably at his really one job, he had one job uh, this year to do, and um, that was to truly work toward justice for Breonna Taylor. And he failed so miserably that two grand jurors have said um, it was a farce and people need to um, be able to hear uh, the recordings of the proceedings. And uh, two of us want to be able to talk about what transpired. So right now we have um, an attorney general who is not working to represent all of the people of Kentucky. We have a, a, an attorney general who's actually working on his next election campaign. Uh, his announcement 
um, was really, his press conference was really an opportunity to tell us that justice was not going to be served for Breonna Taylor. He did that for his base so that his donors would donate more to him so that he can rile up um, the hate-filled people who uh, want to play into this narrative of Louisville being a war zone, which you only hear when it's Black people fighting for justice. And um, so that's, that's, what he what he's about that's where we are right now with him and we also know that the family has called on him uh to appoint a different special uh prosecutor for um their aunt their niece their daughter's case brianna taylor and so i know i signed the petition for a special prosecutor and um, i would hope that uh, other people will step up and sign the petition as well yeah, it seems you know incredibly clear that you know Daniel Cameron is not at all about you know justice uh, for Brianna. Daniel Cameron is about you know doing the least amount possible to uh, you know you know if you know, he learned a lot from Mitch McConnell, right? You know, divide people, uh, try to scare people, uh, and you know appeal to your base constantly. Uh, and you know, I, it's just really unfortunate that in this incredibly historic moment that's that's what we have to work with you know and i mean people wake up you know kentucky politics is not being served by these mitch minions you know whether it's andy barr in the sixth district whether it's you know daniel cameron so many people that you know mitch has kind of hand selected uh, to uh, to run the Republican Party uh, in Kentucky fail time and time again, and everyone wants to give you know Michael Adams a lot of credit for you know providing a kind of the bare minimum in terms of a safe election. Let's give Andy Bashir the credit because Andy Bashir is you know that negotiation between the governor and the uh, Secretary of State. That's what led to some, an outcome that was, you know, decent uh, and still lots of problems, right? So right voting. But- in, uh, 8,000 ballots in, in Jefferson County were thrown out. 8,000. Yeah. Thrown yeah. out. And we celebrated that the election went smoothly. I'm like, uh, I, to me, that's not a smooth election. No, people need to know how, you know, their ballots are being treated. People need to have some transparency. They need to be able to cure their ballots. Uh, if there are problems, people should not be thrown, their ballots should not be thrown away. Uh, unless there was no way to get to the clear, you know, intent of the voter and giving people an opportunity to clarify their intent. Uh, and that is clearly, you know, you know, that there's, a, we've got, again, 29 days. Let's make sure every vote counts. Figure out your plan. Uh, today was the last day to check your registration. So I, I hope everyone did that. Um, and make sure that you know where you're registered and, you know, make sure that you're, you got a plan to vote. Uh, because if you've, you know, you've got, uh, you can request your absentee ballot, which you can then either mail in. Of course, we do know there's been some challenges with the mail. So make sure you mail it early if you're going to go that route, uh, or you can drop it off. How are you going to be voting, Attica? What's your what's your plan? So um, I'm, I was actually just looking at my uh, absentee ballot folks have until Friday, this Friday, October 9th, to request their uh, absentee ballot. So please get on that. Um, I mailed it in last time. Um, I still want to support the the, the postal service, um, and I also know that I want my vote to be counted. So I may very well uh, put it in a, a drop box. As y'all know, I had COVID in September, so I'm not interested in going into an actual physical location to vote. No. Yep, I've got mine right here. I've not filled it out yet. Uh, I'm very excited to do so, uh, and I I don't know. I think I'm going to put it in the drop box as well. I might stick a couple stamps on it and then put it in the Dropbox. Just so, like I, I love the postal service, but uh, I am also way too nervous about the selection to leave anything to chance. That's right. That's right. Because uh, you know the the opposition is going to find every single way it can to steal this election. So we we uh, don't need to hand it to them. And I get so conflicted, right? Because you know, um, in at least in Fayette County where I vote. You know the 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 person in charge is a theoretically a Democrat, right? But like, he seems to not be that committed to fixing the system. Like uh, the last time was a mess, and didn't you know? So, I mean, not all Democrats are awesome. Just to be clear, there. Are... Well, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> who, who is your? Um, yeah, who runs the elections for for Jefferson County? Bobby Holdsclaw. She's a Republican. Um, she has a lot of Democrats who work with her, though, so they've been doing a good job of, of pretty much uh, holding her accountable over the years. Um, 
But again, we still had 8,000 ballots that were tossed out here in Jefferson County. What, what did y'all have in Fayette County? 6,000 that were tossed out? I, think I don't right. have a number at my fingertips. That's okay. But... I think that's... Um, so one, one quick thing on, on this upcoming election, uh, obviously it's really important that every vote counts because at the end of the day, it could be an incredibly close race. And, you know, if we do our job, it's going to be close, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, so any final thoughts you've got to leave people with at, you know, Representative Scott, what, you know, what are you telling people about, you know, the importance of their vote or about what they need to do to get out there? Mm, very good question. So, you know, one of the things that I've been saying to folks is, Every election is the most important election of our lives, um, especially for, for those of us who are Black. Every election is the most important election of our lives. Get out there and vote. If you want people who are going to stand up for justice for Breonna Taylor or anyone else who might be a victim of police violence, then you have to make sure that you're electing people at every level, local, state, and federal who are going to stand up for justice, who are going to do like Congressman John Lewis and get in good trouble. So make sure that you are looking at school board, your city council, your state rep, your state senator, um, all of those positions, as well as flipping the Senate in DC, because that is the work that we have in front of us. I know that it is possible for us to do that work. So if you have $5 to donate to a candidate today, donate that $5. Right here in Kentucky, we can literally change the face of our state house. We have three young black men who are running for office in Kentucky. They deserve um, hype and attention and support because two of them are flipping seats. Two of them are flipping seats. So we've got to make sure, and, and it's important to me because um, it hasn't been comfortable at all for three and a half years to be the only black woman and then to, to only have um, seven black men in the entire state legislature. We need more representation. For me, a representative democracy is how we're going to build our power in Kentucky and across this country to have a commonwealth and a United States that works for all of us. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing that. Any final thoughts or final quick questions for the from the co-hosts? All right, well, uh, so thanks again for joining us. Thanks for in that inspiring send off. Uh, I am so glad to, you know, to, to have you on the show and for you to share your views and your, can just, your, your passionate take on our democracy. And I really wanna make things better for you in Frankfurt. You know, I think they're definitely, it is, that is not a fun place to be necessarily. And I think you were doing incredibly important work there, but I want it to be, I don't know, more comfortable, more, you want, I want you to see more support there because it really is like, you know, and if we do a good job, you know, maybe the, the maps get better. Maybe the gerrymandering is not as horrible. Maybe we can, you know, really uh, try to see uh, more democracy uh, in Kentucky. Um, That's but, right. But thank yeah, you. Thank you so much. All right. Y'all have a good evening. Awesome. All right. So now I think we're going to wrap up the show. Uh, lots of stuff going on this week. And I've, we've got uh, Kimberly, I think, to to send us off with what we're going to be working on. Kimberly, uh, you're going to, Kimberly, you are going to need to unmute. Can we, tr Kimberly? Kimberly? Oh, we had it. <laughs> so Ken, the producer behind the scenes is playing with our mute buttons. Just to be clear, we're not crazy over here. There are things happening beyond our control. In uh, the gaslighter. <laughs> now we can hear you, Kimberly. I think, I think that Ken is doing this because he's jealous of my vote necklace. Okay? We all I think that, are I think jealous of that vote necklace. Coming from Yes, well, you know, I'm sorry, but vote. Um, let you know what? Remember, committee, we've got just 29 days until November the 3rd to win this thing and to retire Mitch, to save our democracy. Make sure to take an action every day. And here's what this week would actually look like. Uh, Today, you know, you've been part of the Moscow Mitch Monday. Uh, please follow us on Facebook. 
follow us on and invite 20 of your friends who want to ditch Mitch. It's for everybody's health, okay? Especially mine. You all do not want me to pass out on live with you guys if we don't reach 3,300 people, please. I've challenged all of us to do it. We're up to 2,100 likes. So would you please right now pull out your phone and just invite at least 20 of your friends. If you did that, we would have the necessary amount, which is 3,300. And plus, if I don't win this bet that I have with Aaron and Nate and Doug and Ken and Kit, I have to buy all of them White Castle. So <laughs> please, 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 3,300 likes. Not many more to go. Okay. On Tuesday, join us for the 5K for KY. 5K for KY. Start making your list of 10, 20, 30 people, maybe voters, folks that you can inform and persuade them to make their voices heard. We'll plug folks into the Empower platform and help share updates and engagement strategies. That's always on Tuesday. Join 5K for KY. That's easy to remember. On Wednesday, yes. I've got my popcorn ready, and I've got my wine already here, waiting for the vice presidential debate. I want you guys to watch Kamala Harris, my soror, force Pence to call her Mamala. Yes. Yes. He's going to call her Mamala. Mm-hmm. Also, you could phone bank for McGrath before and after. We all need to pitch in and help our girl, Amy. She's the only one that's going to go to Washington and not do what Mitch McConnell has been doing. Okay, on Thursdays, you can do your phone calls for Josh Hicks. Join the MMRC and progresses for Josh, 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. on Zoom and on the phone. We'll get a quick update on Zoom and then turn to the phone. Super easy, super, super, super duper easy. And we will get a big enough showing. I'm pretty sure that Josh will jump on and say hi. So RSVP today. And Josh is a wonderful young man. On Friday, you could go to the Pro-America rally with Rand Paul and Andy Barr. I know you've got that on your calendar, right? Wink, wink. By the Fayette County GOP, or you could volunteer with the KFTC and phone bank for Lamar Allen and Cheryl Lynn Stevenson. Both are running for the state house in central Kentucky. Cheryl Lynn is up for re-election in Lexington, and Lamar is running for the seat Joe Gravis gave up to run for Senate in Woodford County and Franklin County precincts. Did I say Joe's name correctly? If I did not, please put it in the comments. Like, do it like hooked on phonics for me, if I did not pronounce it correctly. And on Saturday, yes, 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 it's Save Scotus Saturday. Join us in a protest near Mitch's Lexington office from 3 to 4.30 p.m. at Harrodsburg Road and Corporate Drive off of New Circle. It's going to be lots of fun every week. Come pick up an Amy Yard sign. Hold up a Ditch Mitch banner for a while. Yes, I love to do that. It makes me feel so good. Meet other committee members, so join us. And all the information will be on our page and is on the screen now, I, I think. On Sunday, join us in supporting the People's Campaign. You heard the Rev tonight. We need you. We'll be getting together Sunday afternoon for some socially distant literature drops and high potential voter precincts. Hang out with us and help ditch Mitch. MR, MMRC, People's Campaign, Defending Democracy Together. Pinch me. Wait a minute, who put that on there? Pinch me? Well, I guess if you're going to vote and get Mitch McConnell out, I don't care who you are, you can pinch me. I've got some good oil to rub down so I won't hurt. Now, that is a powerful week. Did I miss anything? Did we miss anything? What are you doing this week? Yes. What are you doing this week to defend our democracy together? So how are you going to spend the six other days this week? Throw it in the comments or put it on Twitter. Oh, I, didn't, I almost forgot. And next Monday, we've got a couple of 
exciting announcements for Moscow Mitch Monday. First, we're going to have the very, very cavalier State Representative Charles Booker on as our guest. And we'll be live streaming together live at the Loudon House Art Gallery in Lexington. And that cool addition is thanks to Ken. Ken is such a friend of ours. He keeps us all together and Couch Fire Media. His activist art show, American Exceptionalism, Degenerate Counterculture, and the 100 Seconds Until Midnight will all be live on that night. It is going to be amazing, absolutely amazing. And then in addition to that, I know it seems like a lot, but honey, this is a lot. We've got a lot that we must do because it's almost time to get rid of Mitch McConnell. And then we will all have drinks on Aaron Viles. Remember his name, all on him. So go to Ken's website. Please go to his website. It is all lowercase letters, okay, lowercaseletters.com. I know, I know, I know, but just spell it out, lowercaseletters.com, and you will see all the information and on Facebook, and you can also go to the obliquities of the ecliptic. I think I said that correctly. Now, this is a mixed media show, both digital and physical art that features activism, descent of local, regional, and national political agendas and concepts. So let's keep it going by putting a bit of cash in the hat. This is normally where Aaron is so wonderful and good, but tonight I'm going to call everyone to the altar. Come to the altar tonight. We're waiting for you for just a few dollars to help with this great committee, the Retire Mitch McConnell Committee. And the thing about it is just giving a few dollars right now will save you from losing all your money later on in case he gets elected again, which we're not even going to mention. So, Mitch, please, the feel-good hit of the election. It's catchy. It's political. It's factual. You will love it. And I think that's how we're going to be out of here. So we love you, and we will see you next Monday right here with Charles Booker. <laughs> 